Welcome Parkview, glad to have you here. All of our campuses, welcome to you at Homer. Welcome uh, at New Lenox. Uh, it's fun to be with some of uh, that gang um, last night at a Reclaim 13 event. Man, um, so many cool peripheral things that go on around Parkview. That's our safe house. It's just doing amazing work. Uh, man, I'm, I'm just I'm glad that you're here. I want to welcome you. If you're watching online, we're glad you're here. I want to tell you, um, in two weeks, next week I'm finishing up this, uh, this series on, uh, on the Lord's Prayer, but in two weeks we're going to start Divine Direction. Uh, I'm gonna, I just want to give you a little heads up on that. It's a series we're borrowing from our friends at Life Church in Oklahoma, and, and it's about understanding that the choices we make today and how they're going to lead us one way or the other and how to get God involved in those choices, okay? Really, really important stuff. How do we find God's direction? How can we have divine direction in where we're going? We all need that. We're all at different stages in my life. I need that. I don't want you to miss this series. And uh, there's going to be small group stuff going with it as well. Uh, so, I mean, how cool is it that, that uh, this church has to announce the time when we're signing up on the day, when we're signing up for a spiritual growth thing like Rooted? I mean, isn't that kind of awesome? I mean, Luke Bryan's got nothing on us, man. You too, tickets go on sale, 3 o'clock on Sunday. Well, ha, ha, we got a rooted program going on sale, 3 o'clock on Sunday, because uh, we already have a fourth of it filled up because it's such a great thing to get together with people and grow. And, and you don't have to wait till January. You can do that with Divine Direction. Fill out your, uh, your form on the, on the bulletin, put it in a box or give it to somebody on the way out. Go to the, the first steps, next steps booth and we will get you connected, get you the DVD material and, and, and take it and go, all right? So... Uh, we're doing the Lord's Prayer um, week four. Wanted, wanted, I like like doing it internationally, and um, so uh, we have uh, our campus pastor at our Homer Glen campus, the Bill Carroll and, and Rachel and their family planted a church in France. So in order to obviously do that, they needed to learn the language, which is something I wish more Christians would figure out how to do in the United States of America, figure out how to talk to the people around them and understand their culture. But that's a whole other issue. I just think it's really important for us to hear from some other languages and have, and have us be led by other languages. And so uh, you can stay seated. Um, if you know French, you can follow along. Otherwise, they're going to do the English afterwards. And try to say it along with them. Will you please? Notre Père, qui est au ciel, que ton nom soit sanctifié. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Que ton règne vienne, que ta volonté soit faite, sur la terre comme au ciel. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Donne-nous aujourd'hui notre pain de ces jours. Give us this day our daily bread. Pardonne-nous nos offenses. Comme nous pardonnons aussi à ceux qui nous ont offensés. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Et ne nous soumets pas à la tentation, mais délivre-nous du mal. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Car c'est à toi qu'appartient la règne, la puissance et la gloire au siècle des siècles. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I just want to go Pink Panther, don't you? Do you have a hamburger? A what? A hamburger. Ham Does your dog bite? 
I, I mean, I'm, that's the only thing that happens in my mind. But it's fun to think about how Christians all around the world are, uh, are, are united in saying this prayer. And yet at the same time, so many of them are just saying it and, and they don't understand it. They don't even really, they don't really uh, know the depths of what it is that they're, that they're saying. So we've spent this time together. Our Father is where we start. Our Daddy who is in heaven. As we talk about forgiveness today, you need to understand when you say forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins, our, our debts. God absolutely will do that. He absolutely wants to do that. He's not like, remember Saturday Night Live, Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy? This was my favorite, okay? From, if a kid asks where rain comes from, I think a cute thing is to tell him God is crying. And if you ask why God is crying, another cute thing is to say probably it's something that you did. <laughs> These have been deep thoughts with Jack. And I, I miss that guy. I, I'm telling you, the, the, God does not feel that way. He is your father in heaven and he loves you. He is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. We're going, to, we're going to set it up as a priority. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we talked about what that's going to look like and how we're supposed to bring the kingdom into the earth from heaven. That's how it's supposed to be. And then Todd did a great job last week. Give us this day our daily bread, a slice of bread, a loaf of bread, whatever it is. It's everyday dependence on God. And today we get to forgive us our, our trespasses, debts, sins, whatever your Bible says, as we forgive those who trespass against us. I was inspired by Pastor Todd last week talking about foodies because I was thinking, you know, there are four categories of people when it comes to going out to eat. If you didn't hear that, kind of talked about that a little bit and just, you know, about the daily bread and how that works for us. I realize there are four different categories of people when it comes to our anger. When it comes to how we deal with, with forgiveness, there are four different categories, all right? Let me, let, me just, let me show you what I mean, okay? There's cool, cool, all right? That, that means in the short term and the long term, that you're just basically a pretty chill person, okay? I, I want you, all of our campuses, raise your hand if you're just really, it's really hard just to make you angry and you don't hold on to stuff very long. Raise your hand, all you robots, okay, good, good, good. Okay, all right, good. I mean, that, that is some people, man. Some, some of you are fortunate enough to be married to that person. That, that's, a, that's a great thing. That's not me. This is me. I'm hot cool. I'm like, if, something's going to, if something happens, I'm going to get mad really quick. My uh, boiling point is really, really low. But over the long term, I chill out. I'm, I, you know, I don't hang on to things as much. My wife is more cool hot. It's harder to get her angry. You see where I'm going with this? How many of you are, first of all, how many hot cools? How many like me, hot cools, raise your hand, okay? How many uh, cool hots, okay? Takes a while, but when you're mad, you, you kind of stay mad for a little bit, right? Um, you know, <laughs> that's a guy who told me, my, my wife is historical. I said, do you mean hysterical? He said, no, I mean historical. She remembers everything I ever did wrong, Okay. Um, and, and then, of course, the last one is just hot, hot, you know, you Italians. All you Italians, raise your hand, all right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, just like, I'm, I'm ready to go now, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to hang on to it, and this is kind of how I'm wired, all right? You see what I'm saying? Well, the Harlows are, like I said, hot, cool, and cool, hot. And ironically, believe it or not, we're thinking about Christmas around here. We're doing at the movies for Christmas this year. So we're going to be doing Christmas movies as a part of this. I'm super excited about it. Some stuff going on already I wish I could tell you about. Um, so as we're looking through Christmas movies, thinking about, you know, what, what's going to make good sermon material, um, a Lord's Prayer scene popped up, and it reminded me of Tim and Denise driving in the station wagon. 
I'm a lot like, uh, she, she mixed up two prayers in there, in case you're wondering, our Father and Father forgive them, but you know, whatever. I'm a lot like Clark, okay? If someone does something to me, or I think does something to me, or somebody that I love, my instant reaction is I'm instant hot. There's a part of everybody's brain that is fight or flight, you know, when it's provoked, and the flight part has already flown from my brain, okay? It's, it just isn't there. My brain is wired for fight, and, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm obviously not big, I'm not strong, I'm not young, I'm not trained in any sort of fighting techniques whatsoever. But I will go spider monkey on you, Chip, if you, if you, if you make, make it happen. I'm jacked up on Mountain Dew and, and something bad's going to And I don't, it's just a part of my personality, okay? It's a part of my wiring. I don't think I can change it without smoking something that's currently illegal in the state of Illinois. So what I have to do is I have to control it. And more importantly, I have to allow the Holy Spirit to control it in my life. But the difference for me is when I cool down, I cool down. My heart's really good, okay? When the adrenaline wears off, it's like the boiling point is really low for me, but it cools off very quickly as well. And some of you have a much higher boiling point. It takes a lot more to get to that point, but once you're there, you're there. Can I get an amen from the person sitting next to you, okay? You're just going to hang on to it. You're historical when it comes to forgiveness. There's short-term issues and there's long-term issues, okay? I don't have a problem long-term. You could say, PT, I was thinking about it. Who do you have in your life, as we talk about this, I'm asking myself, who do I have in my life that I need to forgive as God forgives my trespasses? And I'm sure there are some people out there, but I really can't think of anybody. Honestly, I just don't remember what people did to me. So that works out kind of good, you know? It's, it's just like if I was in Princess Bride, I'd be like, hello, my name is Anuto Montoya. I don't remember what you did. How are you? That's it, you know? But here's the important part for of this prayer that Jesus is teaching us. It doesn't matter if, you're, if your hot point is immediate or if it's residual. A lack of forgiveness in my heart is going to get in the way of God's work in my heart at the same time. So when we get to this part today, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, why did I give Todd, give us this day our daily bread? I mean, how hard was that? I've got the hard one, right? <laughs> I mean, why, why did I do that? I mean, I, I'm in charge. I could have taken this one. We get to this one today, and, and this is deep. Forgive us our trespasses, debts, sins. I'll explain that in a second. As we forgive those who trespass against us, okay? Debts, trespasses, I, I mean, basically the idea is just about translation, and we're using trespasses because that's the old English thing that most of us memorize, okay? Um, probably the more, uh, the, the more current Bibles that you have are saying, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's really at, at, the, at the crux of it what it is. And for those of you that grew up Catholic, we added the doxology you didn't usually do. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, okay? Not a right or a wrong. You just got to decide on want to do it together. But, but the debts and the trespasses and the sins, sins fall into two major categories. They fall in the categories of the sins of omission and the sins of commission. Sins of omission are the things that I should have done, that I knew I should have done, that I decided not to do. And the sins of commission are the ones that I did that I knew I wasn't supposed to. All right, those are the two broad categories of sin. But they're in both of those categories, there's also intentionality and unintentionality. In other words, there are things, sins of omission and commission that I meant to do, but there are others that I didn't really, I, did, I just did them accidentally. I have debts, I may have debts, that I didn't mean to have. 
I know Dave Ramsey's like, no, no, you didn't. No, wait a minute. Listen, my, I just got a notice from my insurance company this week that they're, they decided not to pay for a medical device that was charged to them for my rotator cuff surgery. I'm thinking, what kind of medical device did I have for my rotator cuff surgery? I had a sling. <laughs> I went on Amazon. I looked it up. The sling I can get for $48. They're being charged $1,900 for it. I may have a debt I didn't mean to incur because they said they're not paying for it. But you know, the good news is if they tell me that and they're not paying for it, they're going to get a package from Amazon Prime. <laughs> I'm not giving you $1,900, but I'll send you a brand new one for $48 if that's what you want. I have no idea why the healthcare is in such a problem today to you. That would be accidental debt. You see what I'm saying? I also have incurred debt on purpose. I have trespassed in places that I didn't know I was trespassing, but I've also trespassed in places where I knew I was going to. I have done sins of omission and commission in both of those categories. That's why I like to kind of wrestle around with this. Because forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Sometimes we think that sin is just something I meant to do. But there are sins that I've done even accidentally. I want you to get this broad scope. They are both, they, 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 that's a daily need for us. And that's what's so fascinating about where Jesus placed it in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. He might as well have said, and give us this day our daily forgiveness as we forgive those who, who, who trespass against us. Because we sin every day. You've got to never forget that your ultimate battle is not with the boss. It's not with the country. It's not with the government. It's not with a relative. Your ultimate battle comes down to a battle with sin. Because sin is what separates us from our good, good father. But if we confess our sins, the Bible says, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I'm guessing you understand that already, so I, d I decided today I wasn't going to spend a whole lot of time on forgive us our, our sins, because if you don't know that you need that, that's a whole nother sermon, okay? I mean, that's a big, big topic, and we would love to help you with that. I, I, but, but the important part of this part of this sentence of the Lord's Prayer is that super difficult word, as. Forgive us as we forgive. That's a big as word. <laughs> Somehow, if we want to enjoy relational harmony with God, we have to forgive as God has forgiven us. And we will be forgiven as we forgive other people. And it's super confusing, right? Because I'm not, I'm not saved by works. I understand that. And I wish I could help you put this together. And, 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 and I love getting up every once in a while and telling you there is some stuff in the Bible that you're never going to figure out how it all works. Okay? Because there are a lot of people that are going to stand up and tell you they have it all figured out. And that's scary because that would put them in the same category as God. I don't understand how we can be completely saved by grace and Jesus puts this in here and says you're forgiven as you forgive those people who sin against you. They seem like two different things. All I can tell you is that somehow the relationship that we have with God vertically is greatly affected. Can we go with this? Is greatly affected by the relationship that we have with his children horizontally. That's all I can tell you. The word forgiveness in the Bible, aphiomi, okay? It's from two root words. Uh, apo meaning from 
and Hemi, which is uh, the truck engine in Texas. <laughs> we got in there, got a Hemi. No, it means send, okay? It means send. To send. So a Hemi literally means send from, send forth. Get it out of here. That's what this word means. That's what forgive is. It means to, to get it out of here. And, and here's the problem. We're all in favor of forgiveness when we want it and when we need it. But when somebody else needs it, it's really, really difficult. We've all got that thing inside of us that wants to get the other person back. My favorite story, from back in the old days, a guy was uh, off serving his country, soldiers serving often in the war, back before they had digital photography, and he got a Dear John letter from his girlfriend back in the States, breaking up with him, um, and, and to add insult to injury, she said, will you please return my favorite photograph of myself? I need it for the engagement picture in the local newspaper. Yeah. Guy was devastated that all his buddies came to the rescue. They came up with an idea. They collected all the pictures of all the girlfriends of all the soldiers. They put them in a box and they sent them all back to her with a note that said, please find your picture and return the rest for the life of me. I can't remember which one you were. <laughs> Score! See, I mean, you see what I mean? I'm just like, yes! That's, that's exactly what I want. That's what's in my heart. I mean, you need to forgive me because, man, I, I, I'm not that bad. I, I, I didn't mean it. You know, I'm sorry, really. But, but me forgiving everybody else, C.S. Lewis said it this way. Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until he has something to forgive, right? And then we become very selective. We have limitations. We have all kinds of qualifiers. Well, if they ask me, I'll, I suppose, or if they repent, I guess I'll forgive them. Or if time passes, or if they make restitution, then maybe I will forgive. But Jesus does not put any qualifiers in here. And that's good because there's a lot of days that I definitely want God to forgive me without any qualifiers. As. It's so hard. If we can't be forgivers, it does make me wonder if we've really experienced the depths of God's forgiving love in our life. Matthew 13, or Matthew 18, he goes on and uh, he tells a story to illustrate it. Peter comes up to him one day and says, Lord, Lord, how often will my, brother, will my brother sin against me and I have to forgive him? And then Peter jumps right in and says, is it seven, seven times? Now, let, let me explain this for a second, okay? Seven times was like a big deal for Peter. Peter was like, I got this, Lord. I know that you want us to be forgiving. And in rabbinical tradition, it was three times a day. According to the Jewish legalistic system, you had to forgive somebody three times a day. That's what you were required to do. So Peter's like, okay, I got this, but I need to make sure I have the legalistic system down right. So I know, Jesus, you want to do more. So let's go seven. And seven was like a holy number. And Peter probably was like, Jesus. I mean, he asked the question so that he could answer it, you know, like so excited. And Jesus said, no, no, I tell you. Not but 77 times, or in most of our translations, it's 70 times 7. It doesn't matter because what Jesus is saying there is infinity. Okay, seven was a perfect number, so 70 was infinity. This is the you know, times seven, it was infinity times infinity. This is what that was. Jesus was basically saying, No, you, you don't ever get to not forgive. I found this picture on the internet, I thought it was great. Not seven times, it's 70 times seven. Great, not only do I have to forgive, now I have to do math. 
Forgive. It's easier than math. Math is hard. I love that. That's what Jesus is saying. Is like there's no limit. And then, in case you didn't get it, in case you don't understand why, he tells a parable. He tells a parable about this guy who owed the king basically a million dollars. He owed him, he, 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 he settled his accounts, and this guy owed him 10,000 talents. Okay, Basically, just imagine that's a million dollars. And the servant came to him, and he said, hey, it's okay, no big deal. You, you know, you, you're off the hook. I'm going to let you go. A million dollars. But then that same servant went out. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii, which was 20 bucks. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. Same thing he asked the king. But this guy refused, and he went and put this other dude in prison until he would pay the debt. And when the other servants saw it, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all the things that had taken place. And when the master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave all of that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had the same mercy on your fellow servant as I had on you? Because after all, he owed you a lot less than you owed me. And in his anger, that's a good story, but then Jesus goes on. In his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, your heaven, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you So if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. See what I mean? Couldn't we talk about NFL National Anthem or which Kardashians are pregnant or something? I mean, this is hard. No, no, we can't. We can't talk about anything else because there's nothing more important for you and me and our life in God and our life in general than to grab a hold of this. We need to send forth as God has sent forth. I don't think it's that we earn God's forgiveness by forgiving. I think it's that God expects forgiven people to forgive. Does that make sense? And here's why I say that. Forgiveness is not nearly as much about the forgivee as it is about the forgiver. If he's our Father in heaven and he wants the best for us, right? We started off that way. So do you seriously think our Father up in heaven wants to hold on to anger and resentment as he looks down at us? No, I guarantee you he doesn't. He wants to live in harmony with his children. That's, by the way, why he gave up his only son to die on the cross, which was the only way to pay for the barrier that was erected by me and my sin in between me and my heavenly Father. That's how much he wants to live in peace with us. Of course he's going to forgive us. He wants to forgive us so much that he paid the ultimate price for that forgiveness. And as a dad, I want to live in a relationship with my kids, so I forgive them. But I can also tell you as a father that I never want for my children to live in unforgiveness in their hearts for one of their sisters. I wouldn't want that for the forgiver, and I wouldn't want that for the forgivee. And I know some of you have that going on, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I want them to live in harmony. He wants us to live in harmony. Listen, I'm not minimizing what happened to you, what somebody did to you. Please know I'm not looking down on you. If what happened to you happened to me, I would probably be more angry. 
I would probably have more resentment and anger and bitterness in my heart than you do. But at some point, I've got to decide, am I going to hang on to it or am I going to send it forth? Will I do what I know my Father says is the best way for me to live? I don't know if you heard, but Hugh Hefner passed away this week, founder of Playboy magazine. It's, it's news because, you know, like some people are like, yeah, yeah, he, you know, started the sexual revolution. And, and the feminists are like, nah, yeah, I'm not sure we like this guy that much. And obviously people that believe in monogamous committed relationships, you know, are like, that, I'm not holding him up as a hero. So I'm flipping around on, on Thursday morning, um, you know, doing my ADHD radio. You never want to ride in the car with me. Um, I'm doing my ADHD radio thing, and, and I didn't know Hefner had died, um, and, and, and Mancow was on. And, and, and I just happened to hit Mancow as he started talking about, I'm sorry, I listen to Mancow every once in a while. I, I I, I, I just happened, I mean, it's just like, here's what, here's, he, he's just going off. He's like, Hugh Hefner died. And everybody's going to say, oh, what a great hero, you know. And, and, and Mancow was like, listen, I knew Hef. I knew him well. I had him on the show. I've been to the mansion many times. And I'm going to tell you something. Everybody's going to talk about how he helped spark the sexual revolution. And I'm going to tell you, that's great if you think that's important. But Hefner was never a happy man. Hefner was a miserable man. Later in life, he tried to settle down and marry, but I don't think he ever found happiness. And in his man-cow way, he was just like preaching. He was like, he, you, you guys think it was this awesome life that he lived, but he was a miserable guy. And then man-cow quoted Jesus. He said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? It was unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't know him. I, I, I don't know his faith background, but I'm like, I know he's a shock jock, but I was like, dude, preach it, man. Where do I send the offering? <laughs> this is the best sermon I've heard in a long time because coming from you, you know, talking about Hefner, I mean, this is stuff that, 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 I, that I can't do. It was unbelievable. The thing is, Mancow wasn't judging him. He was just telling the truth. If monogamous committed relationships are so passe, why are they still around? I mean, you could say it's because of religion, but I think it might be because it's the best thing. And as people grow older, they start to realize it's the best thing, whether they have religion or not. So when Jesus tells us to forgive, maybe it's just the best thing. Remember Forrest Gump, Jenny? That man, what? She had this terrible, abusive childhood. She grew up in a home with a father who was, you know, didn't tell us about it, but obviously very abusive. At one point when she's a child, she prays, God, make me a bird and let me fly away. So as soon as she could, she did. And what did she fly away to? To drugs and to sex and men and awful stuff. I mean, horrible. And then later, when she's coming back around, she's walking with Forrest, and she comes upon her old home. You can't, you can't forget this scene, and it brought back memories. Let me just play it for you. And you know what? There never will be. It's probably good for all of us to have that identity moment where we identify clearly what the hurt was. Counseling will help you to do that. That's super important. But if you stay there, there will never be enough rocks. That's why God invented forgiveness. That's why it's so important to forgive. Holocaust survivor Corey Ten Boom said, to forgive is to set the prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. You got to send it away. You got to send it forth. 
That's a power that only you can have. When you forgive, you don't hold on to it. You cancel that debt. You say, you don't owe me anything anymore. It's to set the prisoner free and, and find out that it was you. Let me ask you, what kind of a person do you want to be? Do you have room for that resentment that you've got in your heart? Or is it kind of blocking a lot of things right now? Will there ever be enough rocks? It's not about what that person did to you. I, 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 I can understand why it feels like that, but at this point, it's not. It's about what you're going to do going forward through the power of the Holy Spirit, how this is going to work. Doesn't mean you say it didn't hurt. Doesn't mean that you even trust them again if there's no repentance in their heart. It just means that you live in the same grace that God allows you to live in with him. And the problem is, is our debt. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You go back to that parable that Jesus told. That's a huge deal. Because the problem back in their day was if you couldn't pay a debt, you had to go to jail. And, and the stupidity of that law was if you're in jail, how are you going to pay the debt back, right? It's a never-ending circle of futility, which is exactly what unforgiveness is. The Hebrew writer says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. Well, I don't want to miss the grace of God. No way, okay, well, how, do you, how, how can I make sure I don't miss the grace of God? And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness. It will cause you to live out of the grace of God if you are out of the grace of God's children. It's that serious. I'll give you the three things if you want to write them down. The first thing we've got to do is we have to remember that God forgave me. Okay, We talked about that. Be kind and compassionate. Paul said, forgiving each other just as, there's that word again, in Christ God forgave you. You need to remember God forgave you. And I wonder if the reason that this guy in the parable that he couldn't forgive that other guy of 20 bucks is because he really, really didn't believe that, God, that, that, that the king had forgiven him for the million bucks. And he wasn't really sure. If you can't live in the forgiveness of God, it's hard for you to live in kingdom forgiveness with other people. Secondly, we release our right to retaliate. Do not take revenge, my friends. Leave room for God's wrath that is written. It's my problem, says the Lord. You've got to release your right to retaliate. And the third thing is you try to restore the relationship. You restore the relationship. True forgiveness is more than just letting go of your desire for revenge. It's about trying to restore the relationship as far as it's possible with you. This is one of the best scriptures for that. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Jesus has taught us that all the way through. And restoration may not be possible. They may not want it. They may not be alive. But if it is possible, those are the caveats, as much as it depends on you, it doesn't mean you have to trust them again. This is about living in peace. This is about the best life. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You want to have the best life? And you've got to remember that God forgave you. You've got to release the, the right to retaliate. And you've got to try to restore the relationship, or at least as far as it's possible with you, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. Because God wants you to live in peace. You can't have a full life with unforgiveness in your heart. We have prayer people for you today. I know this is a hard subject for many of you. 
all of our campuses, all their, their, their tables, they'll be glad to come and they'll be glad to hang out with you and pray. We want to help you. We want to help you fill something out and, and leave it in a box on the way back. Let us know how we can minister to you, how we can help. And I also thought it would be really good for you to just hear from somebody who's had to go through this. So let's watch this together. Man, um, when we take communion, as we're getting ready to do right now, it's kind of hard to keep it all apart. God's love for us and the way that we're supposed to love and forgive everybody else, especially when you think about what's going on right now. I mean, Jesus was put on a cross. He was beaten. He was, he was crown of thorns put on his head, spikes put through his wrists and his feet, hung on a cross. And yet in the middle of that and in the middle of his father having to look away from him, because of my sin and him saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? I don't understand how this feeling is not something I've ever had. That's because that's my feeling he's feeling. In the middle of that, he's still able to look down and say, Father, please forgive them. Pilate didn't ask for forgiveness. The centurion didn't ask for forgiveness. None of the people who put him on the cross asked for his forgiveness. And my sin put him there too. And he was able to look down from the cross and say, Father, forgive them. You can't look at the cross and not understand the love and the forgiveness of God. It's unfathomable. It's full. It's free. It's rich towards you. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be as white as snow. That's why Jesus went to the cross. We're going to take communion now. If you're uh, not a part of Parkview, it doesn't matter. We welcome you. If you're a believer, even if the door is just creaking open a little bit, I want to invite you to commune with us right now. Two trays will come, a tray will come across, and there'll be two cups inside of it. Bread in the bottom cup, juice in the top cup. Take them both out and just hold them for a moment, and we'll commune together in unison at all of our campuses. We invite you to do this together. We're going to pray together, but as you take this bread, this reminder of give us our daily bread, maybe from now on, this can be a reminder also of our daily forgiveness and the blood of Christ that was shed for us so that we can live in harmony this way creates a huge responsibility for us to live in harmony this way. Let's pray. Lord, I, again, do not want to minimize stories like, like we just watched. I, I don't want to minimize the things that have been done to people. Uh, I know there are Jennies in our congregation, and it's hard for me to tell them to put down their rocks because I haven't lived where they've lived. But, Lord, I know there will never be enough rocks. And I know that you have plenty of opportunity to throw rocks at me for what I've done. So I'm going to decide to live in forgiveness. I'm going to decide to live in harmony. I'm going to decide to send forth. And I pray that you'll be with all of us as we do the same thing. As we live in and appreciate the grace that you send us, may we live that way with each other. It's in your name that we pray.